Welcome to the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. My name is Alyn Bailey, and alongside me on this journey into the talent acquisition and recruitment marketing universe is my friend and favorite partner in crime, Tracy Parsons. We've been getting together and talking and debating the world of TA for what seems like forever. And after a few too many cocktails, we thought, what the heck, let's hit record. And that, my friends, is how we ended up here, sharing our thoughts with you in hopes you'll find it equal parts fun, interesting, and a teeny bit inspiring. We don't sugarcoat the issues. We address them head on. So let's get this party started. Good morning, Miss Tracy. Good morning, Alin. Recording to the cloud. Recording to the cloud today. I am very excited, as I as I told you a little bit ago, that we're up in our game here at the Bailey household on um, recording equipment. Not this week, but next week when we record, so everybody can see if they they hear a dramatic difference or not. Okay, so if we're doing that, if we're agreeing to that, I will get out my snowball micro, my my really super fancy microphone that I used for Transform Academy. I'll get that out and see if like listeners, if you can have a discernible difference and then we can write a blog post review about it doesn't matter how much you invest in recording equipment. It sounds terrible or hey, it totally works. (laughs) Exactly. So that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Because as I have been, I, I told you early on when we started doing this. Chad was trying to be so nice to help me get my microphone set up correctly. And I think what we, what I have finally bottomed out on was that the mic I was trying to use was just too fancy for me. I had to just suck it up and do the, do the normal stuff. And I think it'll be just fine. So we'll see. Amazon.com, which, you know, how I ended up making that purchase. Bill. Because as we were, as we're getting ready to talk about here on the pod today, there are certain things I'm just not spending money on. Like, I feel like I have like this weird disposable income, but I'm re-spending it in like odd places. Like my online shopping is gone haywire. In fact, it's gone so bad that I have so many boxes that I ended up having to pay the 1-800 junk people this weekend to come and take all my boxes away. Is this related to your Wayfair problem that we talked about last oh, time? Oh, seriously, it's all connected. Okay, it's okay. Wayfair, Amazon. Oh no, it's it's so bad. Every time I say I'm not going to purchase anything else off of Wayfair, something mm-hmm. happens. I literally made three three clicks yesterday. There's new stuff, like just stuff. I don't know, and I still haven't unpacked the garage from when I moved the house. I'm I'm not going to have any any room for like the real stuff I have. True, I have a fully stocked house of new <laughs> In- stuff. And the other stuff is just sitting in the boxes in the garage. I can't get the car in the garage because I haven't fully unpacked the garage yet. Oh, my God. And I only have, this is my other joke, the only thing I haven't purchased more of because I collect, when I go to the the Disney parks and stuff, because, you know, like I love my Disney stuff, I collect uh, coffee mugs, right? Okay. I have like a million coffee mugs. But when we moved into the new house, I only had one coffee mug out in the box. It was in the move box. Yeah. But right now I have my one coffee mug and the other ones, I cannot find the box that the other mugs are in. <laughs> so for, gosh, we're going on like a month and a half now. I've been drinking out of this one coffee mug and nobody so, else can come over and drink coffee. You can only have one person have coffee at a time. So your box situation is giving me anxiety from a distance. Yeah, it should. Well, and that's, that's a perfect segue because I think the thing we're going to talk about, and I, I've seen this uptick of posts from people on the internet asking, hey, during the pandemic, what have you been spending a lot of money on that you weren't spending on before? And where have you been saving money? 
And to give some examples, because I think we're going to talk about this from the recruitment, marketing, employer brand standpoint. Yeah, that's kind of our theme. We have a theme around yeah. that. Um, there's a thematic that we're working yeah. with. but And so, for example, I cannot get over how much money I am now spending every month on streaming services, right? So I, we're at home, right? And you're at home. You have a new yep. home. Yep. And you're furnishing this new home, despite the fact that you have furnishings from the old home, because we're all spending so much time in our homes. Yeah. yeah. And online with nothing yes. else but the click buttons and stuff arrives. We have a very unusual setup here at the house because we've been remote workers for years, but our office is on the third floor. And if you listen to this pod enough, you know that I'm lazy, uh, essentially. So if, if I need my computer in the evening, that means I have to walk up two flights of steps to get it. And I just, it's not worth it at that point. <laughs> so this has been a very good thing about the pandemic because we've cordoned off to computers onto the third floor. Well, that's smart. First floors for living, second floors for sleeping, third floors for, for working. Basements, apparently, that's one of the activities that I've done during COVID is my basement is now organized within an inch of its life. And I am now putting gym equipment in it, which I've, I'm in the process of kicking my lazy habit. So when we think about like, I've spent so much more money on streaming services and I've saved a ton of money on travel. All right. right, personally. And I'm sure you have too. All right. My husband used to tell me all the time that I had a, a travel vacation addiction and I would be like, oh, whatever. He's like, you have no idea how much we're spending. I'm like, no, it's fine. Yeah, we were spending a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. We are budgeters. Like, so we know what we're, we know I'm using air quotes. We know what we're going to spend in 2020, 2021. And boy, this year, <laughs> this year has been an exercise and you don't know shit. Exactly. But you know what? By the way, this is what's happening. The tagline of 2020. The tagline of 2020 is 2020 colon the dumpster fire where you don't know shit. Exactly. You don't have a clue. This carries over to like our our work budgeting as well. I mean, think about it. Yeah. One in the so I'm just in the process of getting ready to do the 2021 budget, right? Because it's budget season, right? We got to start doing our, our budgeting components. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, let's look back at. What we, you know, 2021, in all honesty, guys, I mean, I hate to tell you this, it's, I think, going to look very similar to 2020. I'm making an assumption that I have to plan accordingly, right? That it's going to look, and now I have to look back at what 2020 actually spends look like um, in the recruitment marketing space. And I got to tell you, it's not what I, not necessarily what I thought I would see. I mean, obviously we see a reduction in travel costs, right? We're not running off to doing campus events or uh, conference travel or stuff like that, or like, you know, putting groups of people together for candidate travel, and we're seeing the increase in stuff like everybody had to get their Zoom licenses and we had to figure out how all these other kind of streaming components so we could do things virtually and online event platforms and et cetera. Yeah. But what I expected I would see would be like this uh, kind of reinvestment. I guess I assumed we were doing some sort of reinvestment in places like content or in uh, communication and et cetera. Because, you know, we always have we have to keep changing these messaging around. Um, all the time. And I didn't see that. I, I was expecting I was going to. What are you seeing people are doing? 
I'm seeing the exact same. Like there's very little, I'm seeing um, a greater demand around video interviewing, right? Virtual interviewing or tools that are going to help us stay distant and safe from our candidates. I'm seeing definitely a decrease in, you know, travel budgets and event budgets, even like team collaboration budgets, right? So where you might have uh, the opportunity to get your team together for a retreat or a learning session for your team. So I'm seeing significant reductions there. I'm also seeing reductions in direct media and more of a shift to, even more of a shift to programmatic. Uh, I'm seeing that with a lot of customers. I'm seeing a lot of this conversation around the shift into program. Why do you think that is? Why do you think direct into programmatic is? Is it just the timing, like it's becoming a more mature space? Yes. Or do you, I, I think maybe. I also think some of it may be that teams have a little bit of bandwidth to try and learn something new. Like to Agreed. Do it. I think that there is an opportunity to be learning new things. But I look at this as belt tightening on the budgets. Uh, when it comes to media, because I think there's a lot of people looking around going, okay, well, we were talent scarce a year ago when we planned our budgets. There was a scarcity of talent. Now it's a more talent abundant situation with unemployment, the way it is and furloughs. And so we can tighten our belts a little bit and go to programmatic to test it because we don't see the demand as high right? We don't, we're not, we don't feel like we're competing still. And I'm, I look at everybody and go, you're still competing. (laughs) Well, that's the, that's the kicker because I actually think this is what's interesting is I think that there is this myth. I think it's a myth. I have no data to prove this. I'm sure there is data one way or the other out there. I have not done the process of going to look at it, but I would tell you, I keep hearing people say um, that candidates don't have as much choice anymore right? Hmm. So I don't have to worry about it. And on the flip side, I also see a huge movement of people happening out of our own company. And I see other people, peers and et cetera, moving jobs, et cetera. And I've got to tell you, I actually think that we're misunderstanding what's happening in the job market. I don't I think- could not agree more. I think that people are up and moving and there is shifting happening, particularly of what we used to call that, and yeah, I hate this term, but that passive town, the people who you thought would never move, yep. they're the people who are moving right now. And what I think is really interesting, and if you read my response in the Smashfly Idea book this year, then you'll know what I'm about to say, because I think that we are 100% misunderstanding the job market. Yes, we have record unemployment. Yes, that is all true. We have a lot of people that out of work. We also have 8 million people who slipped into poverty this month. We are also having a mass exodus of women from the workforce in the last two months. And one of the things that we're doing is we're looking at these numbers and saying, oh, well, that must mean that people are available. We are not reading the room. That's right. That's right. We are not reading the room. As a globe right now, as a global talent industry. We are simply looking at the numbers and applying our old paradigms to them. Gosh, you know what, Tracy, you are so absolutely correct on this, right? And I think this is part of the issue with trying to figure out where to spend our money and what to do with it, right? Is that we're taking these old paradigms and these old ways of thinking about how talent moves, what talent is looking for, when they're looking for it, 
what's available, what isn't available, and trying to apply it to our marketing and our media mix and all of these sorts of things. And we don't know what the hell we're, none of us know what we're doing. This is completely new territory. When you say read the room, what I immediately think is, if we think about anything from a systems perspective, one of the first things we tell people is, is before you start to examine why people do things, you have to look at the environment around them and why they're making the choices that they're making, right? And the environment is all just crazy for all of us. So yeah, more women are leaving the workforce. Why are they leaving the workforce? Does that really mean that that they're out there and available talent to us? No, not necessarily. No, it means that their kids aren't in school. Like this is, so the thing, when I talk about read the room, Lynn, I really don't think that people understand and really sit in the reality of the average worker. Like they really just don't. So there's a couple things that I think are really key as we're starting to lay out budgets for next year. One of the things that I hope to see an increase in next year is listening. We need to be spending a whole lot more of our money reading the room systematically. You're making me think right now that I need to go back and use what I know in my head that I've got to go, this entire environmental component and what we're dealing with and what, why people are making the choices they are. We go back to that whole feel, think, do framework around how people act and behave. The entire feel element is turned upside down. We can't rely on anything we knew. Our personas are not valid anymore. They're all done. They're gone. Yeah. Our journey maps are not valid anymore. All this nope. stuff, you guys, where we were all so excited that we spent the last five years building, we need to start from scratch again and not make assumptions. Yeah, they're trash because two reasons. One, do you ever remember or even imagine a scenario where in August, You were asking the question out loud to other humans. I mean, are we going back to school? Yeah. Do you ever like that? There are things that we have assumed as fact and reality and constant, like going back to school that were questioned literally two months ago. So we, one, nothing is normal. Nothing is normal. There is nothing, there is no constant other than chaos, right? So when we talk about that, that's one thing that we have to acknowledge that everything is upended to the point where we were asking, hey, do you think they're going to start school? That is not a thing. Right. I would never imagined a scenario where I would have asked that question of another right. human being. Well, think about and, it from, from a TA landscape, right? Yeah. We're asking the question, will people go back into the office, right? Correct. So what does that mean? That means, think about it. How many times have we as recruitment marketers bashed our head against the wall and said, if they only understood the talent they're looking for isn't located here, they're located there. Correct. And no, no marketing is going to convince them to uproot themselves and move themselves to Antarctica for us. Okay, great. Now we have a new way of looking at this lens, right? What does yes. that change our How does that change our strategies? How does that? It change? opens doors. Right. Right. It, I mean, it kicks open, like it kicks open an entire dimension, right? It's a new dimension that we're kind of entering. And then the second component is if you're listening out there, I want you to take a second 
and think about the number of people that you may have come in contact with or may have talked to in the last eight months that is completely questioning their profession. Yep. It's a lot. Like the number of people that I am personally talking to that are planning or wanting or applying for a completely different job or career is shocking. Right. Because inherently when your world turns upside down and change becomes norm, right? Meaning mm-hmm. I there's there's flux going on in my world. It allows your brain to allow for other possibilities, right? After you get over the shock of it, you mm-hmm. become comfortable with the idea, even subconsciously, that you could do or be something than you are today. So that allows us to, to have these, these great movements of talent that are moving into whole new spaces. You know, it's so funny. If I think about it, on my hand, I got another email today from yet another colleague who is brilliant, one of the best TA professionals I've ever worked with, who um, was talking about how she's shifting into um, the technology space, right? Um, yeah. We're moving companies, moving to a whole new world, starting going to a startup where she was always thought she was going to be at a big company. These people, the top talent is for the first time in a very long time discombobulated enough where they're willing to, I think, look at new opportunities. That's the thing you really succinctly said, really put that up there. Like when you are upside down, you, you have the brain space and frankly, the time because life slowed down and stopped a little, Um, but then it didn't, right? Then it stopped and slowed down on a treadmill, right? So you're like, (laughs) it was going backwards and sideways. Um, And for clumsy people like me, that's a problem. Yeah, you're face planting every 30 seconds. Exactly. But when you start questioning, like, why am I doing this? And so what I want all all of everybody, and we're all asking ourselves that, like, oh my God, I even had this moment. Like, and and I think that you would agree with me. I freaking love my job. Yeah. Like I love what I do. I think it's important. I think it's why I was born. Like I but there were months, months, not days, months, where I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. This doesn't make any sense. Why do I keep doing this? And everybody's there, right? So as we're reading the room, we need to understand that our talent, while they, while we're looking at these numbers that look like we can apply the old thinking to them, you need to just take all that old thinking, extract it from your brain, and throw it in the dumpster fire that we are experiencing right now. It is not going to help us. So, you know, while I'm spending more on streaming services and I'm seeing my customers spend more on programmatic, but what we really should be looking at is, gosh, why are we doing the same old thing of advertising when we should be listening and evaluating where our talent is? We should be spending our efforts right now trying to understand their why. You just tapped into something that I think is absolutely brilliant that because, you know, the, the companies that are going to be, who are going to stay standing after all this is over or or have a competitive advantage, I think are going to be not only the ones who understand where their talent, what's really happening in people's psychology and be able to address it and meet their need. But I think that they're going to have taken this time um, to understand that change is going to be a new the reality, nothing is going to be as slow as it is today, right? It's only going to get faster and more 
that's just going to be part of the norm. I think, I, I think, right. It's going to be yes. not just to have a, to do a reevaluation of what people are thinking, but to take this time to actually invest in systematic methodologies and tools and ways that you can keep this listening as a live part of your constant work, right? Yes. It should be the underlying signal of all of your marketing. Right. And not, and, and again, gosh, it's my, my, my kind of core message I've been using forever, a reminder that people and work are dynamic. <laughs> we knew that already. They are not static, right? You can't yeah. create your personas. You couldn't do this before. You, you shouldn't have been doing it. Create your personas and keep using them for two years. This only proves the need to, to refresh in the current environment. But I think the constant refresh is going to have to happen even more right? Like it's, it's like, it's like from a UX perspective, I got so excited. Everybody got loved their personas and their journey maps and everybody got, sure. got it. Yeah. But they built them as like these static elements. They were like, okay, I've done it. It's all done now. Check. Check. <laughs> done. Let's use those for the next 10 years. And that's not going to be the case, particularly now. If you are in this business and you think that there is one single thing that is set it and forget it, you should try a different job because there is nothing that is set it and forget it about anything that we do. And what is interesting to me is there's this belief that we need to automate. And I am a big believer in automation. There should be things that are automated. But what we need on top of that automation is a layer of understanding, is that constant measurement and optimization. I want to see optimization efforts be added to uh, the work streams of our teams. Like, so when we think about, you know, as we're investing again in technologies, that's great, but make sure that you have somebody to run that technology and consistently optimize that technology. Right. And I think part of it has to be an understanding that as you put these elements into place, like automation or simplification, that are all these elements which are hopefully you're doing them so that they start to eventually reduce your overhead and resource costs, whether it's it's time, people, or money. Flip side here is, guys, it's not then go stick that savings in your savings account and wait for a rainy day. It's now <laughs> you need to think about how you reinvest that in the appropriate thing, right? That is when you say the word optimize to me, I also see that part of that lens is around taking what you are you're, you're not shrinking your overall footprint. What you're doing instead is reallocating it based on the constant changing dynamics of the world. Yes, absolutely. This isn't about optimizing to save. It's about optimizing to grow. It's not optimized to reduce. That's one of the things that I was surprised to see this year is the pullback across the board in everything. It was like companies just made this awful knee-jerk reaction of, oh my God, well, we don't need employer brand right now. We don't need recruitment marketing right now. We need to, we can pull back on that. We we can live without that. And I'm like, you know what? We can't. (laughs) Um, and, And it's evidenced by your decrease in traffic, your decrease in applicants, and your increase in page views per session, right? So they're looking at you more closely now. That's right. The ones that are coming want to know more because they have work right now and applying to work right now is supreme side eye, even if people don't have jobs. Well, this is a problem, Tracy, because if you think, I mean, I'm just saying, 
I don't know about anybody else out there, but I'll be the first to raise my hand and say that most of what we provided out there has been about volume of content, not depth of content. So therein lies a, a root problem for, for some reallocation of money, right? Yeah, Or right. even like we've got to start, but this that's going to be hard for everybody because now we're going to have to start not just talking about what we think we want you to know about us. We're actually going to have to like have a deeper conversation, dialogue with people. I don't think across the board, the industry has the mindset to do that yet. We have not figured out how to do that. We're just figuring out how to send programmatic-based email drip campaigns, much less think about how we actually build content that has dialogue and, and interaction built into it where we can actually have a give and take. Where you're using that signal that we were just talking about yeah. of your listening to dictate what the audience needs to know from you right now. Like, I don't know if you've been reading the series that Sparkstart has been publishing about video. And one of the things that has been irritating to me this year is that I am seeing in the data fewer site visitors to my customers. And I'm seeing an increase in page views, like number of pages that they're viewing per session. That tells me that the ones that we are getting to our properties are need more information. They're looking for more information. And the best way for you to get information to people is through video. And when I bring this to my customers, they're like, you know, video is just a nice to have right now. I'm like, oh, that's charming because you know what? <laughs> 84% of the internet's traffic is video right now. It is not a nice to have. It's what your audience needs. And they don't want to see your slickly produced, look how cool we are, that by the way, doesn't address anybody wearing a mask or your remote environment, that you could basically light that video on fire and you're still going to be, it's going to make the same impact. It has to be fresh. It has to be from the point of view, like I want to see the unscripted. So do your candidates. Right. Well, this talks to how the candidate dynamic has changed, right? Yes. Just like we were saying, if it was, if before my content was based on my easy catches, meaning people who were, on all honesty, active or on the threshold of being active anyway, right? I was really driving to my conversion, right? It was very, most content was really built towards a very superficial sort of of knowledge, right? It's just kind of like, oh, I could be all applying here or someplace else. It doesn't matter, but I'm applying, right? Now, yep. all of a sudden, if I read the room and if I look at the environment around me, just like we were talking about, we have more people who would never have looked before, but suddenly are like, eh, my job may or may not be moved uh, here next week, or I don't know if I really like what I do anymore, or but I'm just questioning life in general. These people who we used to be calling like our unicorns that we're out there looking for who we thought would never move are quietly exploring the world of opportunity. And what they want from you would make sense as something much richer and deeper, right? They're not going to be sold by a a glossy stock photograph of your ping pong table. Because that ping pong table is not getting used right now. Like we talked about this, I I think a, a while ago, and we talked about the Maslow hierarchy of needs. We are still not at the level we need to be at right now. And that's what, like, when you mentioned at the at the top of the call, you were expecting to spend more on content this year, and you're surprised that you didn't. I'm shocked that as an industry that we didn't, because this is the year that we actually needed more content and regular content and updates and truth in the, hey, guess what? It's weird around here right now. We right. know that. 
We're actually still hiring, but it's going to be weird. We just need to know you. This is our kind of weird. So true. This has been a fascinating conversation because as we started to get into it, it really started to highlight the fact that um, as an industry, our opportunity right now also do some deep thinking about what should we be focused on and where can we actually provide value to our organizations is going to shift. It's shifting. It is um, shifting. Yeah. And what are you guys seeing out there? Like, so are you guys seeing this shift too, or are we just, you know, off in the ether, right? It's, uh, tell us what you're seeing because I, again, I don't work with every customer, but the, <laughs> the ones that I do work with are seeing this, you know, they're seeing this shift. Um, they're still not understanding why it's still hard. And I'm like, okay, well, it's always hard. It's a job. Jobs are hard. That's a thing. By the way, that's the hashtag for this this episode. Jobs are hard. So, you know, what are you guys seeing out there? And what did you expect to spend money on this year that you didn't? And what did you spend way more on uh, that you didn't expect to spend money on? And and what are you planning? You know what yeah. I mean? What are you looking at for 2021? What are you planning to invest in? Because, Alin, I think you're spot on. 2021 is going to be an incrementally different version of 2020. The only difference is we're not going to have an election next year. You're right. Exactly. I just, it's so interesting. This is, and so I think that the first, and for many of you, if you're looking at it, you're thinking, I don't, I mean, I, I hadn't even thought about this because I honestly, until we started talking about it, I hadn't put too much um, thought into it. I think the first exercise is to really think about it from your budgeting perspective. Go back and look at what you actually spent this year. Look at what's actually happening with your candidate traffic and what you've been intending to do and Mm -hmm. ask yourself the question, what do I want to do for next year? And I think you'll start to discover that there's all these little um, nuggets of truth hiding in all that data. 100%. Yes. And before we wrap, I want to wish, um, I want to let everybody know that today was, would have been Carrie Fisher's birthday and you know how Alyn and I feel oh, yes. about the general princess. So That's right. Absolutely. Happy, happy birthday, Carrie Fisher. I'm sad you're not with us anymore. I, me too. She would have had something to say about right now, wouldn't she? Holy crap. Yeah. Did you even, I, I mean, just like. I would have liked to listen to Carrie Fisher talk about right now. Exactly. Exactly. So may the force be with you, Tracy. Thank you, Alyn. May the force be with you. Okay. As a reminder, you can get a hold of us either directly at T Parsons on Twitter or at Alyn Bailey, or you can reach us on our podcast Twitter uh, channel at our Rebelcast. We love to hear from you. We want to hear what you have to say. We want to understand what you're seeing out there in the marketplace and what you're excited about um, for 2021 um, as you start to go into um, the planning cycle. For all of you, not just for Tracy, but for all of you, may the force be with you and happy birthday, Carrie. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. Tracy and I feel privileged and blessed to be a part of your day and would love to have you reach out and tell us what's on your mind. You can reach us on Twitter, Adeline Bailey, and or at T Parsons. Until next time, here's hoping you see a rainbow, have a good belly aching laugh, and find some joy in connecting and growing the world of TA and recruitment marketing. Talk to you soon. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. 
I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.